0: October 28th is the day before the ante-penultimate day before Halloween, a sentence that was as confusing to write as I'm sure as it is to read or listen to. Sometimes words may seem unnecessary, but there is often a case to be made for new entries to the English language. Some of them may appear from time to time in the paragraphs and soundbites of Charlottesville Community Engagement, a periodic publication preparing people on public policy. I'm Sean Tubbs, and I'm still figuring out what to call myself. On today's program, the latest version of a report tracking the extent of poverty in the region has been released. The Virginia Supreme Court rules that Dominion Energy can add a surcharge to cover the cost of participating in a carbon cap-and-trade program. The state's transportation body learns more about planning to extend the Roanoke train to the New River Valley, and the Commonwealth Transportation Board is briefed on the status of the Smart Scale round that will be released in January, and the West Main Streetscape is officially cancelled. In today's first subscriber-supported shout-out, the Albemarle Charlottesville Historical Society continues its speaker series on November 10th by welcoming Dr. John Edwin Mason for a discussion on the Visions of Progress, photography exhibition which is on display at UVA's Small Special Collections Library. Mason teaches African history and the history of photography at the University of Virginia. The exhibition showcases portraits that African-Americans in Central Virginia commissioned from Charlottesville's Holsinger Studio during the first decades of the 20th century. This is a hybrid program, meaning you can attend either in person at Northside Library or remotely via Facebook Live. You can learn more at jmrl.org. That's the Visions of Progress exhibition and discussion on November 10th. Thank you to the Albemarle Charlottesville Historical Society. The number of families who don't have enough income to cover the cost of living has decreased since 2011. That's according to the latest study from Network to Work at Piedmont, Virginia Community College. The fifth version of the Orange Dot report tracks households who make less than $35,000 in Charlottesville, as well as Albemarle, Buckingham, Fluvanna, Green, Louisa, and Nelson counties. Here's a section from the report. The comparable number of families struggling in the region in 2011 was 12,552, which was 21% of families. The 22 number, 9,413 families, is a 25% reduction in the number of struggling families in the region. The report acknowledges that the cost of living has increased since that time, with $45,000 in income used as the figure necessary for a single parent with a child in daycare. In this report, we continue to use the $35,000 income threshold as the breakpoint for defining struggling families to remain consistent with the four prior reports. This is the first time that Network to Work has partnered with the Equity Center at the University of Virginia. The report notes racial disparities, such as 32% of black families, have incomes lower than $35,000, compared to 11% of white families. The main issue is that many professions are not valued. Here's a very long quote from the report. The undervaluing of Black labor has been reinforced through many policies, from those we've collectively recognized as racially discriminatory. Enslavement, Black codes, Jim Crow, massive resistance to ongoing and often unacknowledged choices, a legacy of disinvestment and displacement of Black communities, the blocking of wealth creation through redlining and predatory lending, disproportionate contact with law enforcement and over-incarceration, disenfranchisement and political demobilization, overt and subconscious negative stereotypes. The report also breaks down the situations in all of the localities. Take a look at the report, and it's a lot more information than I have time to say here. The State Corporation Commission acted lawfully when it approved a request from the Virginia Electric and Power Company to add a surcharge to utility bills to cover the costs of purchasing carbon allowances in the regional greenhouse gas initiative auctions. That's according to an opinion yesterday by the Virginia Supreme Court. Here's a section from the opinion by Justice D. Arthur Kelsey. Though highly complex in its details, the carbon dioxide budget trading program relies on a basic economic thesis. CO2 emissions can be reduced over time by making those responsible for them pay for the right to emit. The group Appalachian Voices had filed an appeal of the SCC decision and argued that the regulator did not follow the correct process. The Virginia Supreme Court disagreed. Virginia Electric and Power Company is otherwise known as Dominion Energy. In November 2020, they filed a petition with the SCC stating they would need to purchase 29 million CO2 allowances at a cost of approximately $168 million to cover those emissions. The SCC approved the rate adjustment clause last November. Appalachian Voices challenged the approval and argued the Reggie writer was not shown to be necessary. Here's page six from the opinion. The costs are recoverable, therefore, because they were necessary to comply with VEPCO's statutory duty to purchase allowances for every short ton of CO2 emitted from its power plants. The ruling concludes that the appropriate venue for Appalachian Voices to argue for a least cost program is when the SEC reviews plans for Dominion's Renewable Energy Portfolio Standard Program, or RPS, The nine-page ruling is a good place to start for anyone interested in learning more about how Virginia joined the Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative through executive action in 2019, followed by the adoption of the Clean Energy and Community Flood Preparedness Act in 2020 by the General Assembly. Governor Glenn Youngkin, who has spent much of this year traveling to states and supporting Republican candidates, signed an executive order on his first day in office, pledging to remove Virginia from Reggie. Legislation to dismantle the state's participation in the cap-and-trade program failed in this year's General Assembly, where each party has narrow control over one house. In May, Dominion asked the SCC if it could suspend the charge due to Yunkin's declaration, as reported in the Virginia Mercury. In September, Yunkin's Acting Secretary of Natural Resources outlined a plan to leave Reggie administratively and called the surcharge a regressive tax. The energy plan released by the Yunkin administration earlier this month only mentions Reggie once in a passing comment that appears to state it is not needed to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. Meanwhile, Virginia will participate in the 58th auction on December 7th. The Commonwealth of Virginia has participated in seven auctions since it joined Reggie and has received over $452 million. Under law, 45% of the funding must go to the Virginia Community Flood Preparedness Fund. Charlottesville has received three grants from the program, with $153,000 to create a flood model for the Moores Creek Watershed in Round 1, $94,276 to create a Charlottesville Resilience Plan in Round 2, and $275,000 to create two-dimensional stormwater management models for Meadow Creek and the Rivanna River in Round 3. Here's a section from the grant application for the latter. The primary function of the stormwater management model is to analyze the watershed by using configurations to quantify flooding associated with both existing and future watershed conditions. Potential drainage improvements can be generally mapped in relation to predicted future flooding, so city staff can make assessments about the value of individual projects. In round three, Albemarle County was successful in obtaining a $118,313 grant for a floodplain staff and resilience plan. Here's a section from their application. While we typically have the funding and staffing necessary to implement and develop our major programs, this is not necessarily the case for emerging demands such as flood resilience planning. In addition to requiring more staff capacity to take on the development of a flood resilience plan, we also lack some of the internal technical expertise required for this endeavor. For a list of awards, visit the Department of Conservation and Recreation's website. To learn more about yesterday's Virginia Supreme Court ruling, check out the Virginia Mercury's Sarah Fogelsong's story on that opinion. There's also a link in the newsletter to a tutorial on Reggie. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and in this second subscriber supported shout out, be a hunger hero. Bring an item to the front desk of any JMRL location during business hours between November 7th and November 19th and receive $1 off overdue fines and late renewal fines for each donated item. Some of the most needed items are canned soups, stews, and chili, low sodium please, canned veggies, also low sodium, cereal, low sugar and whole grain, peanut or almond butter, also low sugar, spaghetti sauce, also low sugar. Donations from most branches will go to the Blue Ridge Food Bank, though those in Louisa County will go to the Louisa County Resource Council. That's the JMRL Food for Fines Drive, November 7th through November 19th. Three more stories to go, and they're all about transportation. This past July, the Virginia Passenger Rail Authority began running a second Amtrak service between Roanoke and D.C.'s Union Station. This additional train had been planned for many years, but it took negotiations with Norfolk Southern to make it work. Michael McLaughlin is the chief operating officer of the Virginia Passenger Rail Authority. We negotiated a second train on that route because ridership actually in 2019 hit record highs on that route, one of the best routes in the country even from cost-benefit analysis. So we added a, a second train starting July 11th. Some of the funding for the second train came from a larger initiative to address safety and congestion on the Interstate 81 corridor. This alternative to driving will extend to the New River Valley in a few years' time. We have to do some infrastructure improvements, though, to get there. We'll plan on getting there in 2026. The improvements include double-tracking seven miles of rail between Manassas and Culpeper and improvements at the Roanoke Rail Yard to allow the passenger train to get through to Christiansburg. We're also making improvements in something called the Virginia line. We purchased 28 miles of track from Salem to New River Valley on a secondary line Norfolk Southern owns. McLaughlin said the new River Valley station will be near the shopping mall in Christiansburg. A new route to the mall will need to be secured. So that would be an adventure for us to get that to get that the Virginia line down to the mall. But it's the best place for the station to be. There's there's currently transit at the mall and there's a Huckleberry Trail, which is a very popular trail. Always people on the trail that connects Blacksburg and Christiansburg. McLaughlin made his comments at this Tuesday's meeting of the Commonwealth Transportation Board. In three months, the Virginia Department of Transportation will release the results from the fifth round of Smart Scale, the major avenue through which projects related to roads and sidewalks are funded. John Lawson is Virginia's deputy transportation secretary.
1: We are in Smart Scale season. Everybody will be wondering, you know, how much money is available for
0: for, for this round, and and for many reasons, it's to be determined. Lawson said there won't be an estimate of revenues until Governor Glenn Youngkin releases his budget in December. He also said VDOT needs to know how much it needs to spend to cover the cost of inflation on existing projects. But what is Smart Scale? Brooke Jackson of VDOT's Office of Intermodal Planning and Investment said it is the result of a 2014 law requiring the agency to rank projects on a series of metrics and make funding choices accordingly.
1: On SmartScale, we look at benefits relating to safety, congestion, accessibility, land use, environment, um, and economic development.
0: There are 411 applications in the current cycle, requesting $6.67 billion in funds, with $18.6 million as the average request. There are several submissions from this area. Virginia Transportation Secretary Shep Miller noted that 25% of the applications are to improve bike and pedestrian mobility. He said he wanted more scrutiny on those projects.
1: If a bike-ped project brings congestion relief and transportation, then I think it sort of fixed um, at the highest level of what we're trying to accomplish here. If it is more about, um, particularly in the bike, bike arena, if it's more about sort of quality of life and... And the, the amount of people that it serves, or a PED for that matter, the amount of people it serves is relatively small. I think we need to be thoughtful about how we spend our money.
0: Miller said he wanted metrics on how much bike and pedestrian projects are actually used. As secretary, he does not get a vote on the Commonwealth Transportation Board unless there is a tie. I'm a believer in bike PED. I'm just a believer in bike PED when it's utilized. CTB member Mary Hines said bike and pedestrian projects are often about safety.
1: These are the vulnerable use that we've been talking about um, where we do need to focus. um, And sometimes they are the folks with the least resources who are riding bikes and walking
0: because they have no other choices. Three more months until we find out what happens with all of the projects that are applied for in this area. Finally, the Commonwealth Transportation Board takes action at the very end of their meeting, and there were two items worth noting. The first was the renaming of a bridge in Nelson County as the Goffrey E. Miles Memorial Bridge. Here is Robbie Prezioso, a division administrator with VDOT. This is Route 6 Irish Road over the Norfolk Southern Railroad in Nelson County. In August of of this year, the County Board of Supervisors passed a resolution for this. Uh, to honor Mr. Miles. Uh, He began working as a young man at the ripe age of 13 at the local Lambert store in Faber. Uh, And he walked the railroad every day to go to to work. Um, That began a lifetime of tirelessly volunteering with the uh, community, over 45 years with the fire department, uh, as well as 30 years with the rescue squad. The resolution was adopted. Next, there was action to cancel three smart-scale projects administered by the city of Charlottesville. In addition to two phases of the four-phase West Main streetscape, a project to reconfigure the intersection of Grady Avenue and Preston Avenue was canceled. There were also requests to increase funding for the Fontaine Avenue streetscape, as well as improvements at U.S. 29 and Hydraulic. Does
1: anybody care if we take them as a block, or does anybody want to do them individually? Block. Block, Block, please.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think we ought to do them individually. The item passed with no discussion. So what's next with West Main Street? The city of Charlottesville spent well over $2 million on a series of studies to design the West Main streetscape, with absolutely nothing to show for it. The main issue, as identified by the current city leadership, is a lack of project managers to handle all of the work the city said it could do. Will the situation improve as the current city council considers policies to allow more homes to be built within city limits? More on all of these questions in future editions of Charlottesville Community Engagement. But that is the end of this particular installment. And fun fact, I used to be in a punk rock band with the son of one of the people who was quoted in this newsletter. Not going to say who at this time. Listeners of the podcast can take a listen to one of the improvised songs in just a few minutes. It's from back in 1999, and I'm just going to let it roll at the end of the show. This has been five straight days of production, and I've still not gotten to everything I wanted to get to, but there will be time to get to all of it, I hope. My sole job is as the main producer of Town Crier Productions, and there are hundreds of you who have stepped up to help cover the cost of doing this work. If you want to join them, the best way to do that is to sign up for a paid Substack subscription. That provides me a steady income so I can plan to help keep doing this work well into the future when there's an orange dot report 6.0 and when those smart scale numbers in, and to see if the city and all of the other communities in the Commonwealth can actually produce those projects. People are paying me because they want to know these things, and I've trained for years to do this work. If you do subscribe, Ting will match your first payment, whether that be $5 a month, $50 a year, or $200 a year. And if the latter, you also get shout-outs. Drop me a line and we can work something out. And even if you opt not to pay for a subscription, Ting would still like your business for high-speed internet service. And if you sign up through a link in the newsletter, you will get free installation, a $75 gift card to the downtown mall, and a second month for free. Just enter the promo code COMMUNITY. If you have any comments or questions about the program, I'm still looking for suggestions for the replacement for the phrase school board member, so please drop me a line. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll be back in the near future with another installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement, likely not until Monday, the week ahead, and the government glance will likely be the next things produced. Thank you very much, and have a great rest of the day. And here is that song.
1: you it, give 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 it, the DNA give The DNA it, give it, give The give it, give I'm gonna create give it, give it, give it, give it, gonna give it, gonna fall it, give it, give it, give it, give European fun, I hope but this will be so tough, so tough, so tough, soaked tough, soaked tough, better tomorrow, so tough, better come back tomorrow, better more than tomorrow, better today, tomorrow, yeah, There's another accident, still call it out, the better, I'm taking my shovel, 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 i am And... Hey.